0: Yo, I've been eyeballing you all day. Looking all fine and shit. I wanna lick you down. Uh you know what? I'm doing pretty good. Uh hey, chilly. I just got back from uh, a few days of R and R in Colorado and it was, it? You know, it was uh it was amazing we um my wife's family converged in in uh Pagosa Springs, Colorado. And uh and uh, and so uh it was just an awesome time The, the in the backyard was the uh the San Juan River and uh we got a chance to fish and it was just
1: yeah, really caught
0: yeah, 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 caught some trout. Um they were they were pretty awesome. It was great. In the backyard? Uh, dude, it was in the backyard of the so house. That's crazy. And that's awesome. um it was just such a nice thing. Definitely the nicest place I've ever stayed. Nicest little setup, you know,
1: Where was the set? Exactly?
0: Pagosa, in Pagosa Springs, Colorado.
1: Pagosa, I never heard of that.
0: Yeah. I hadn't either. And so um, you know, there's we we had been, um, you know, social distancing for a while and we quarantined ourselves and, and all of my wife's family did the same before meeting up just, you know, to avoid anybody unknowingly um, bringing any type of coronavirus related stuff to, right. to that, you know, since we were all going to be in close quarters or whatever. And, um, and also... Um, uh my wife's mom is older and and has um you know she's got a little bit of susceptible um uh what is a i when when you're when you're more susceptible uh to uh, compromised immune
1: compromise. system
0: exactly And so you know, what's that I
1: said buzzwords
0: exactly <laughs> Um, because of other things. And, and, you know, the thing about that is, is uh, everybody did their best to um, avoid uh, to social distance and you know, to navigate this time as best as possible. But, um, you know, there's no telling because, you, you know, everybody's driving there. So right. if you stop at gas stations, you stop at, you know, X, Y and Z. And you don't really know, you know. I mean, it's just whatever. Um, but but uh, you know, and and since returning home, we're also you know kind of you know gonna chill out for a little while because you could be asymptomatic and stuff like that. Um, and and so now here's the thing: is um, you know, since we're we're in education and our kids uh, are scheduled to go back to school in a month or so you know that that's all all of those things are going to be um tested you know and um basically just um trying to figure out you know what uh you know the best way to navigate you know this time because you know what's the point of of you know social distancing if everybody's going to be coming together in a month i think that, i think that there's there's so much that that everybody will face here pretty soon with that you know being um, affecting so many people so you know there is no certainties there are no you know everybody's just navigating things the best they can Uh, and texas is blowing up so you know we when we left town san antonio was becoming a hot spot and you know people are texting a couple friends are texting me on the way back hey you know stay where you're at because it's <laughs> and you know the thing is is it's just such a, a a weird time you know i mean it's 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 hard you know to navigate these times for you know and everybody's um you know and and, and i and i i'm definitely i'm definitely um thankful you know, that that we've been able to avoid, uh, you know, exposure. We've made certain choices to, you know, to social distance and, and you know, whatever. But, you know, you can't not live forever. You're going to have to navigate these times, engage in certain activities. And so a part of getting together with their family was to, to say you know what let's let's get together let's enjoy this you know time whatever because we can right but still take whatever precautions that that you can right. before the trip I, I went and paid you a visit and because I wanted to to get some treats for the for the family
1: How did I like them I'll
0: get to that in a minute all right. <laughs> so I ate them all no I didn't <laughs> uh, No, I uh, I'll tell you in a second but you know, uh, going and visit visiting you at your shop, you know, I know that uh, I saw in recent days that you've posted that you know that because of the rising concerns that you've kind of modified your your business, and so um, again. And again, 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 <laughs> constant revision, uh, which is our, our theme for the day, right? The theme for today's show is is that it, it always uh, there's always or what what do we say it was. There's it always ends. it never ends, right? <laughs> There's always something. So, so talk about um, how you've been navigating um, things the last couple of weeks since we last talked.
1: You want me to talk about
0: anything uh,
1: food wise or business
0: wise? Well, business wise, food wise, whatever. Uh, it doesn't food matter. Wise is
1: easy. I've been doing shitty. I'll have good days and bad days, man. Like, my ultimate comfort is food, yeah. and if I have a good day. It's easy for me to like watch my carbs and be mindful and then i have days where i'm just fucking tired of it and i'm like you know what i'm gonna go have myself a pizza so yeah. you know it's kind of like yeah. it's just uh that's my drug man and, you know so uh it makes me feel good so it's one of those things where that's how i comfort myself is with some some good eats um so i've been about the same my weight stayed almost i mean i'm in the 250s up or down five pounds you know um you know it's it's that's my struggle you know like uh i'll do good for a few days and then you know shit hits the fan or you know business is sucking and so you know that's the way i comfort myself you know well, now <laughs> i don't drink i this. smoke you know so i figure but where worse, did you- that's my advice i guess
0: so where did you get the pizza from
1: so i had pizza a couple times the past couple of weeks uh so I had a uh, actually yesterday, but again, this is like you you try and still be mindful, right? Sure, so sure. I, I had a cauliflower crust pizza from uh, Purple Garlic. Okay. The uh, old Italian restaurant. They have a new location, not too far from my house, but it's an old place uh, off Austin Highway. Been there forever, and they opened a recently this past year uh, location off two eighty one. Uh, it was okay, you know. It's it's cauliflower fucking pizza, so. You, it's 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 all it is, it's like, you know, if you're an addict, it's that little thing that helps take the edge off. As long as you're you're trying to be mindful. Uh if, if you really don't care then you're not you're not gonna enjoy it. You know what I mean? You're gonna eat it and it's gonna be like, Man, fucking garbage. Because there's no substitute for the real thing. Diet food does not taste as good as real food. But it's diet food for that reason because you're trying to watch what you eat, <laughs> so you know. Uh you know, so, you know, I think I had a, a pizza from, we went to a dough about a week ago or so. Um, uh, and they actually, they actually just closed uh, last week, like temporarily, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, then other days I'm watching, you know, I'm only eating my eggs and my protein, low carb salad, you know. So, not horrible, but the past couple of days have been, been rough. Today I had pho for dinner. So, a lot of well <laughs> but foes
0: not foe's not the
1: worst you can No do. it's rice noodles, it's not yeah, as bad as like no. bread noodles and I and I really of all the things I try and be the most mindful of is just eating bread. Yeah. That's a big killer for me. Uh, yeah. it really has I, I really as 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 uh, I don't know, as I don't know the, the correct PC term, but as as hippie or whatever as this sounds, like I really do think I have developed a gluten allergy <laughs> over the years. Mm-hmm. You know, because when I eat bread I my skin changes. I get like crusty skin. I get patches of uh, redness. And when I don't eat gluten, my skin's clear and uh, I don't feel bloated. So, you know, I've never gotten it confirmed by a doctor. It's just years of me noticing I haven't eaten uh, any type of bread or gluten, pasta, anything like that in, in a month. And my skin looks great and I, I feel, I don't feel bloated. And then I'll go on a binge of eating pizza and hamburger buns and hot dog buns and then I feel like shit. So, you know. Yeah. It is so, what it is. so then
0: so then so then the, the theme for today, it never ends, right? Right. So so then how does that play into your mindset when you're when you're dealing with uh you know everything that you're dealing with and trying to be mindful. You're 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 eating something that's better than you would have, Right. Yeah. Uh,
1: not, because because I I don't want to be obese. Yeah. You know I'm a little I'm a little bit overweight. I'm fat, but I don't want to be obese. You yeah. Know? So, uh, that's where my mind's at.
2: Yeah. Know?
1: And like I know I've said it before, and I just said it. You know I, I really don't have too many vices. You know I, I really sure. don't drink, Yeah. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I don't nothing. I'm pretty. I'm pretty clean living, except. Eating, you know, eating is sure. which is is just as bad. Not to say that yeah. that's any better. Eating overeating, uh, so you know, I like to snack. So like I think we've talked about, you know, I have my always have my cookie sure. Sure. <laughs> a fix, you know. That's awesome. But uh, I'm also a fan of uh, rebel ice cream, which okay. is like an old carb ice cream, and I'll throw down half a pint, you know, and I feel less guilty than I would have if I would have eaten just a normal haagen or Ben and kind so as mindful as I can be you know yeah. but, you know right now dude it's like I'm so stressed out sometimes man like sure. you know I'm just uh, I'm, I'm you know I'm not even. You know, I'm not worried about my family you know I'm not even worried honestly about getting sick I'm worried about my the past almost you know eight years of grinding and, and getting my ass kicked and struggling to build my business you know that dying, you know, and, yeah. and we're you know, we're doing the best we can to survive and to roll with the punches like we just had, you know, with the increase in 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 positive cases and um you know the the mayor and Nelson Wolf are fighting with governor habit and you know um fortunately our delivery service has been steady and that's keeping us going uh my install once that first like was the last week when the news came out of like we started getting these huge jumping numbers like as the the cases went up my sales went down at the same pace
2: yeah
1: uh, which i get it people are yeah. fucking scared We're scared my yeah. wife's pregnant and she has a uh autoimmune disease like i don't fucking want her going anywhere yeah you know uh and i don't want my son going anywhere yeah you know? uh, uh uh, for their safety and my safety and, and our anybody else you know we don't want to be spreading shit around right
2: yeah yeah.
1: so you know but I'm scared for you know my business I, I'm not gonna quit I'm not ready to quit but yeah. you know it's just every fucking day man you gotta you gotta roll with the punches and you know some businesses have it worse than others and like we have some good friends here I'm, I'm gonna throw them a little a little shout out here my friends at the Point Park
0: yeah
1: uh, you know those guys you've seen them yeah. before the food truck park yeah they're a bar And they were shut down last Friday, and that's fucking tough, Uh, man. You know, it's just hard, man. I I, we we met up with them. uh, Was here's even crazy. Like I don't mention her name. If you know her, great. If you know her, you know this story. Her 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 brother, her youngest brother, died tragically in a fucking accident. Uh, Her youngest, her daughter, just had a baby. She's a first-time grandmother her fucking business is struggling and just got shut down. Like it's like shit after shit after shit. And I know she, how much she's, we, we, we met up together with her and her, her husband and me and Mary We're are pretty close and you know, they're hurting, man. Like, you know, my heart hurts for them and I know how I'm struggling, but we have uh, a delivery business that's implemented. That's in place. That's nationwide. Yeah. We're able to, to, to survive and float float. And they don't have that in system in place like we do and yep. you know my, my you know and then losing your brother being yep. a grandmother a first-time grandmother not even be able to see your grandchild yet you yep. know like and then the news of like like they told me they went and bought all their beer inventory for the weekend because that's when you make your money sure. and that Friday morning they fucking were told to close by 12 and they already had yep. spent thousands of dollars on fucking inventory you know so Right or wrong, I don't give a shit. You know, it's hard not to feel bad for people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I,
1: I feel bad for people that are sick. I feel yeah. bad for people that are dying. I feel bad for people whose businesses are dying. Yeah. I feel bad for, for people that are having to make these fucking choices of, you know, do I let my, my, my livelihood? And I, and I think people want to quickly say, oh, you care about material other people's lives. Like, you don't understand. Somebody who's built a business from nothing, that is their life. Yeah. I would rather die than fucking let my business fail. I know it sounds crazy, but that's because my business. That's you. It's my child. It's me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, it's just, it's, it's the right fucking thing to do right now. You know, it's It's the right thing to do. But I, I just don't like fucking calling people out yeah being assholes and telling people i told you you know when you work at fucking usa from home for the past 10 years you can't be pointing the finger at somebody and being like i told you because you're safe for now yeah Yeah, you know like you know so i don't know man i'm not trying to call anybody out but you know
0: no i understand where you're coming from man and
1: we just need to be fucking kind to each other man that's how we solve all our problems in the world it just treat people how you want to be fucking treated the golden rule that's how we get through this. And unfortunately, bro, I don't think half the people in this fucking country treat each other that way. It's
0: it's, it's, uh, it, it is certainly very difficult to see what people are going through right now. What you know people are going through. You look at places mm-hmm. like the San Antonio Food Bank has 10,000 people in line. You read stories about people showing up at, uh, to get tested for coronavirus starting at 4 a.m. Right i mean you know it's just this it, it, it never stops yeah and it never stops for any anybody because the thing is is you know i i i'm a state employee my wife's a state employee we've been blessed to you know been able to maintain our employment during this time and and you know i would say that you know we, we're definitely blessed in in the regards that we've been able to do some things and 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 maintain our distance the way that some people cannot the way that other people cannot and so I understand what you're saying it's definitely not lost on me um, and there is certainly something to be said about the re- the collective response needing to be needing to to evolve and needing to be better and and you're like you're saying the the passing judgment you know uh it, it's it's very difficult um this time for absolutely everybody and and so everybody is right to feel like right now is is shitty you know it's just it, it's tough and so you know bringing things back to um, you know what this podcast or or with what we get together was originally intended to do was you know how do you navigate whatever shit storm you're you're in how are we navigating it right right and and, and so to hear you say that despite these things. I'm eating a cauliflower pizza instead of this because I don't want to be obese. And because, you know, know I'm
1: I'm such a a brat, bro. I'm such a brat.
0: It has (laughs) has nothing to do with that because, you know, you you shouldn't apologize for how you're medicating with your, with your uh, Coke zero and your cauliflower pizza, because you know what, everybody's medicating however they need to, to survive. Right. And you know, uh, you know, it's so crazy that anybody would give anybody shit right now about anything. You know, Trump's an easy target. You know, he's an easy target, but be, but hating him isn't going to solve all the rest of the problems. We're still going to have to deal with these things. There's still other issues. There's still uh, systemic um, racism. There's still Uh, obesity, there's still like all these things you got to navigate, right? So, so then you just do the best you can. And, 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 you know, before all this stuff happened with Corona, I I think that, that it was helpful to embrace that mindset because, you know, everybody's been affected by this in some form or fashion. And so you navigate it the best you can and you don't apologize, you know, for it. Um, and, and hopefully you're not, you know, critical of anybody else you're know, doing it. But the society in which we live, clearly, you know, there's people that are spreading this disease. There are, clearly there are people who are refusing to abide by the rules. Clearly there are people who are um, subscribing to things that are not helpful to the general um, collective answer to these um, societal global issues and so how do you navigate that right how do you do it despite the fact that your wife is pregnant that you're trying to save your business that your friends you know are going through tough times because they lost a loved one you you just do it the best you can right you 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 know and and uh i know that um embracing that notion that it never stops is very similar to embracing the concept that you're never done until you're dead. And so there's never going to be a point where, you know, you're finished right
1: in health. We've talked about this where I can either, we can either lay down and, you know, even with your, your dramatic weight loss, you could have quit how many times, how much, how much easier would it have been to be like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care. I'm going to just, go back to what i was doing uh but i think you just have to have that that little thing inside of you that you know what that little switch got turned on and yeah i'm gonna have bad days and i'm gonna have good days but i'm gonna keep keep moving forward and keep you know my head up as much as i can and deal with it you know that's that's one thing i always teach my kids like you know you know, my, like my, my mom, you know, grand, you know, grandmothers, man, they're fucking lions with their grandchildren, you know. But uh, you know, I always tell my mom, like he's got my son, he's gotta learn how to deal with shit.
2: Yeah.
1: That's life. You know, and if somebody at school is giving them a hard time, I tell them then you fucking deal with it. You know? You either let him push you around or you fucking stand up for yourself. And that's how you that's life, man. You can't just sit around and fucking wait. You gotta be like, I'm going in, and, or you know, ride or die. You know, <laughs> like, because the only thing that's guaranteed in life is what? Only thing guaranteed. Death.
0: In life is-
1: death, <laughs> death and taxes. Right. Death taxes.
0: Well, death and taxes is the great equalizer, right? But you're absolutely right, dude. And and uh, and I and I want to say that. I want to say that you know a part of not stopping a part of not giving in and whatever is realizing that concept right and and maybe not taming it but at least acknowledging it because there are failures along the way and there are things you know if things aren't over till it's over that's fine but there's going to be, you, you learn from mistakes. You learn from, uh, when life hits you in the face, like you're saying. And so a part of it is failing. A part of it is going through, you know, those, those, uh, experiences, right. Like you're you're saying with your son. Um, you know, I, uh, I think that, um, I, I did an interview yesterday with a a buddy of mine who, um, I, I met and, and, um, and so I interviewed him and it's going to be a part of this podcast episode. And, and, and so we're going to take a quick break so that we can um, air that interview. Uh, so we can share that interview. Uh, the interviews with a, a friend of mine uh, that I met at a conference uh, earlier this year uh, by the name of Ashanti Branch. Uh, he's been a Ted talk speaker and I've been working with him um, online and, and, you know, uh, with, uh, supporting him in his health efforts, uh, his pursuits, and uh, he's been uh, very successful. And, um, and his, his whole uh, organization is about um, moving forward. It's called the Ever Forward Club, the Ever Forward Movement. And so we're going to take a quick break. And, uh, and so uh, those 83 of you that are subscribing to our YouTube <laughs> channel... Uh, here at Fat Talk, can can uh, listen to what the man has to say. He's an awesome, uh, he's an awesome guy. So we're gonna take a quick break. And we'll be back uh, after this interview. All right, Fat Talkers, uh, I, I'm uh, one of your your hosts, Chuck Hernandez, and I'm here with a, a special friend that um, uh, that uh, whose name is Ashanti Branch, and um, I. I from time to time, I, I, I will interview somebody that uh, is um, worthy of an interview, someone who has uh, something to share about their own experiences. And um, from time to time, I'll, I'll talk about, um, you know, I'll, I'll mention my job, but it's not a really whole lot of, of crossover with, with the, the health pursuits and my work. Uh, back in January of 2020, I met Ashanti at a conference for my, uh, through my work. Um, and it was a conference for the Texas Association of Gifted and Talented. And so it's an organization that brought him on to be one of their key speak, uh, keynote speakers at their statewide conference uh, here in San Antonio. And so it was kind of a, a coincidental thing. I, I was I was uh, hanging around after his uh, after his, um, his speech and his uh, presentation and his stuff was not too far from where I was sitting started talking to him and and it was interesting because at the time I I didn't know I, I had a lot of things happening back at work and I and I was kind of on the fence about even going and so when I when I went. Um, you know, it was, it was a worthwhile event, but when I heard Ashanti speak, and when I heard what, he, what, his, what his efforts were behind, I knew that I was in exactly the, the place I needed to be at the time. And so I'll talk more about that in a little bit, but first I want to introduce uh, you, or have you introduce yourself, talk a little bit about who you are, where, you're, where you live, what you do, what are your efforts, What? What? what why, why are we speaking to you today? What, what, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, thank you, and I'm so glad to be here with you. And uh, what a, a great, uh, thank you for the intro. My, my name is Ashanti Branch. I'm from Oakland, California. I am a son of a single mother. My father died before I was born. And so my life started off on a journey of trying to figure it out by myself a lot. Um, I think that my mom did the best she could raising a little boy, but she doesn't know how to be a boy. She doesn't know how to be a man. So she did the best she could with the tools she had, Um, but there were some things that she couldn't do. And as I grew up, I just was often feeling like I wasn't up to the responsibilities that men were supposed to be doing. Like I was sort of seven years old. You're the man of the house. And what do I know about being a man at seven? I I just wanted to go out and get on my big wheel and play. Um, But those responsibilities were given to me early. I helped to like take care of my siblings growing up. I was, I was raising kids as a kid and I didn't even have kids, you know, but I, I, I'm, today, today the work I get to do um, is based on this work around masks. And it started because I followed my heart. I was, I was chasing money as a career. You know, after finally escaping the chaos and madness of Oakland, I went out to college to be an engineer, wanted to be rich and slowly, or she, Quickly, I realized that, you know, this money is fun. Having money is fun, but it wasn't bringing me the happiness that I thought I was working for. I was working for happiness ever after, and I was only getting happiness during happy hour, and I was going to a lot of happy hours, and I think I was probably going to too many happy hours on Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning. I was hitting all the happy hours, but I don't think that as a, as a context overall, I would say I was happy, um, but the money could hide a lot of unhappiness. And so when I got called to become a teacher, uh, it was because my my something in me as I was tutoring this at this program, it said, you should be a teacher. And I'm like, teacher? Teachers don't make no money. You got to take that take whatever that inner voice that was calling me, I was trying to tell it to go away because I don't want it. I don't want this message. I don't want this job. I don't want this responsibility. I want to be rich because I already grew up poor. I know what poor feels like, and I don't like it. Um, but teaching kept calling you know, no matter how many jobs I changed and made more money, that calling on my heart to say, this is not what you're going to, this is not what you should be doing. And luckily I didn't have a house, or I didn't have any family, so I could, I could make the move without hurting anybody else and putting anybody else in jeopardy. And so long story short, I began to do work with, at the school. Uh, I was a first year teacher failing. I started this club called the Ever Forward Club for young men to give them a space to like recognize that they, they're way more than what they're letting people see. They were failing my math class as a math teacher, and uh, that's how the Ever4 Club started. And that work took us to be a part of a documentary called "The Mask You Live In," which helped, which which created this, uh, which we created a activity called "Taking Off the Mask," uh, which we'll probably talk about. But an opportunity for people to get real, and uh, that opportunity has been taking me all over the world. Um, As an engineer, I've only been to two or three places outside of the United States. But as a as an educator, following my heart. I've traveled to several countries, and we are now doing work in 16 countries around the world um, and many states in the United States. And I don't think as an engineer that was what I was heading towards, but I'm so glad I followed my heart. And so today I get to be on this conversation after we met, um, and the work I do in education and schools all over the, the world has been about me just sharing my story of following your heart. Um even when sometimes it's hard to do.
0: Can you elaborate on what you mean by taking off the mask? Well, two things. Well, where does where does ever forward come from? Right? Yeah. So somebody's working in your in your building there. Um,
1: <laughs> so what
2: what is he doing? He's moving a canoe. Oh, uh
0: canoe, okay. Some,
2: yeah. <laughs> I'm in a I'm in a I'm in the old pier building. Okay. And uh, they they built up here a canoe shop over there. Okay. And so uh, yeah, that's what's happening. So he's actually closing up shop. He's closing the doors. So it may be a little bit more noise because it you looks canoe? like. Uh, Do you canoe? I have canoed. <laughs> that's past tense. I have canoed, um, and I currently, as you can probably tell, I'm not necessarily in the canoeing. Uh, uh, <laughs> in
0: the in the right garments
2: but I but Okay, I can't canoe. so I can't. would you call yourself a canoeer uh hmm. I I was in a newspaper in Florida when I worked at Walt Disney because I was on a championship team and um I missed the championship meet um I I don't oh, know what canoeing? happened Uh huh it was at, at Disney I used to work for Walt Disney Imagineering
0: So you you're saying that you missed the championship for canoeing
2: I, No no I missed the championship canoeing race it was a it was a, a canoeing oh, race oh with a team right right I, but, I oh, of the,
0: workers of workers
2: uh-huh workers who worked okay, at Disney got it, got it. yeah okay. competing against other teams around the park okay. and I I was so mad I was so sad okay. they were they were upset with me they were upset with me but I, I don't even know what happened
0: I, I don't think that you probably guessed you'd be talking about canoeing your canoeing experience <laughs> but let's go back I want to know where where does where does the ever forward club um name come from yeah, and and why, why masks? What what is the mask challenge? What what is it that compelled you to address this? And why yeah. in that form? So where did Everforward come from? Talk about the mask challenge and why why is it that that even came about?
2: Yeah, so you know when I graduated college in 1998, a lot of companies. It was after the the 92 recession ish. And then around 98 you know things were booming again so a lot of companies were on college campuses recruiting and they all had these core values and like you know go get them you know we won't accept the status quo we will go forward we will push harder we will be bigger and i and i just like started learning all these words so when i went to become an engineer i just had these words in my head so every interview i had i was like using all the core values I was seeing in all these companies and I was like, you know, these are my values. <laughs> these are my values. I mean, they, they, they worked. I mean, it was like, I wasn't lying but it was like, well, I just started using these core values and I think one that I really stood by was keep moving forward. Like, don't get stuck. Don't stop. Like, how, and I think that's how I made it to college. There was a lot of people from my high school and from my city who didn't go off to college, you know, who didn't go off to pursue bigger things And I just thought that that one was really big. So when I was as an engineer, I was like, maybe I'll start a a program as an engineer. Um, And it just really, I didn't know that teaching was gonna, I didn't know that I was gonna leave engineering to do this. I thought I would do it while I was engineering. But you know, when you're an engineer, you are working 60, 70, 80 hours a week, you you know, you don't, there's not a whole lot of extra time. And so in the middle of the day to go off, to go visit some schools, I was doing as many career talks as I could because it was, the fire was already burning in me. and when I became a teacher, I was like, well, maybe after I teach for five years, I'm going to start this club called Ever Forward, like go forward, right? And it it couldn't even wait till the first couple of months of school. Like it was like I was noticing smart young men in my class. I, I didn't know who the club would be for. I just had the name in my mind. But when I started teaching, it was mostly young men who I was seeing were so smart. They were smarter than I was their age, but they weren't showing it. Like I was – I thought I was smart, but I was willing to show it. I was I was hungry to be like – I got this, (laughs) you know, call on me, right? By the time I left middle school, I wasn't afraid to be the smart one, you know? Um, And I was always battling with two or three, four people for like the top GPA, right? Um, And most of my friends, we didn't talk about GPAs. I would hide my grades, you know? So I think ever forward was in me all along, like as a context, as like, I want to go forward. I I don't want to get stuck here. I knew that my city, Oakland, as much as I love Oakland, it was not a place that I was saying, I'm gonna I'm a be here the rest of my life. I was like, I can't wait to get out of here. It was, it, was, it, was, it was sad, it was painful, it was, I didn't like seeing people on drugs, I didn't like seeing people strung out, I didn't like seeing people in the middle of the street mowed down, I didn't like seeing that. I, 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 I was against that, you know? And so I was like, I'm out of here as soon as I can. Um, and now I, mean, I still live in Oakland, and that's by choice, but I get to be a part of the transformation that I want to bring, and so that's how I reinforce the name came around. Lots of like life experiences, but also that that core value company jargon that was going around. And the second question I think you asked was
0: why um, why the, the masks
2: were like where did the that mask? Yes, and it's yes, funny you
0: yes. you mentioned that you used to hide your grades. That that was a mask in itself.
2: Oh, and you better so, believe it.
0: Yeah, masking your 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 your. Good at your scholarship from your from your friends, because yeah. be. But I, I have an idea why you did. But tell me
2: why. Was what well was because. Good? Oh no, it's clear. Smart's not cool in my community. Yeah, me? exactly. Exactly. Yeah, smart. You're a nerd. You're yeah, like a totally geek. Like school boy. You're, yeah, you want to be You like an Oreo, right? You're black on the outside, yeah. white on the inside. You think yeah. you're smarter than us. You think yeah. you're better than us. And it's yeah. all that stuff that if you are not if you're not solid in your own self, yeah. you will fall into a trap that makes you act dumb so you don't look smart, which actually is not what you really want. And I think deep down, the people who were talking that stuff to you in high school, by the time you become an adult and who has a life who's messed up, those people are nowhere to be found. Yeah. They're not a—they're uh, not giving you loans to help you live your life. They're just like, what happened to you? <laughs> and you're like, I was trying to follow you, right? So I was clear that my, my job was to go forward, you know? And so um, the, 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 the vision of like, Myself of like, even though I knew my friends, look, they knew I was on my way to college. They knew I wanted to have better things in my life. I had a big vision and dream. They knew it, but I still had some. I had some fear around trying to like showing them up or something, right? Making like, like, like for me, math was easy, right? My mom, we grew up, we didn't have a lot of money. We played a lot of games, board games, Monopoly, Uno, uh, Backgammon, all number games, right? So I got good at numbers, like just number, boom, boom, boom. So math was like, I love math. So math, I didn't have to work hard. So when my teachers would come and give tests back, like I was just hiding in the bottom of my backpack, like I didn't get it back. Because a lot of my friends, they they didn't they didn't. I had my friends, and I had the people I was competing with for grades. So my friends, they they didn't always get high grades, and I did. We studied a lot. I helped them study. I would help them with their homework. I mean, I've even gone as far as to let people copy my homework, right? Um, I even had the notes thrown to me during tests with, like, what's the answer for this? And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not going to no, get caught because of this, right? And those are hard things to do. Those are to be like, I, I can't help you, right? I'm just like, that's, that's hard. And I, and I don't talk about that, that much. That's actually one of the things I don't really talk about much, like the, the pressure to help your friend who wants an answer on a test when I know that like I get caught cheating you know, I'm gonna get an f or a zero or get in worse trouble like that's hard sure it, 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 I think the answer is easy don't don't cheat that's the easy answer don't cheat that's that's easy but to 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 put it into action right when the when the note is thrown to you on your desk and you open it and it's like what's the number seven and you like um moral dilemma yeah. That that's a dilemma, and I, and I yeah. Anyway, I didn't, I didn't plan. I don't even know where that came from, but that's part of the journey. It's been part of the journey ever since. So like, um, and helping young men, I know that when they're when they want to do good in school, and we're trying to help them to to make good decisions. All all good decisions aren't easy decisions. Sure. Some are some are easy, but then the, the putting them into action is a different thing. The, the 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 value behind the decision is easy. It's clear. You should not cheat. But to do it within. Within,
0: that, within that culture, within that context, within that, that – that Within, your,
2: within your friends. Within your yeah, friends. Totally. Like, you're to, your friends just need some help. You know, you just help them yeah, out, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those things are, are a little harder. And, and they're, so then they're um,
0: – So then let me ask you this then. Yeah. Where, where, did, where did you get the courage to know what you want and go after it then, knowing that you wanted to do well as well as you could in school? Where did you get that courage?
2: Uh, I, I would say probably deep down it came from my mom. I think probably in lots of ways it came from uh, just this desire that I want more out of life. Like I, when I started writing my essay to college, um, my father died before I was born, so I never met him. I only knew my, my grandmother, which is my father's mother. Now, all the branch family got disconnected from us. Like my, my grandmother, she really didn't let us know the branch family. So for whatever reason, she blocked it. So I never met any branches until literally like six years ago. I only knew a few cousins in Oakland, which was my father's brother, my cousins in Oakland. And I was like, man, what's going on? Like, why, why, like where like why I feel this drive for hunger. And I'd say, well, maybe come to my mom's side of the family. Maybe it's because of my mom's side of the family, you know, the educators. And they, I felt, I like, just like, where do you get it from? I guess you get it from people who, you, who, who bring value to you. And you, my mom was, you know, a hard worker. So I thought it just came through, like, this idea that um, values were, were nurtured. And one thing I remembered is that when I found out how my father died, my father died, you um, know, it was in the 70s. He was smoking weed with some friends. And one of his friends, <laughs> friends um, they thought they needed to add some extra stuff to the weed. So they put something in the weed. His heart couldn't handle it. And then he, he, he died. They, instead of them taking him to the hospital, his heart started really pounding. And they took him, instead of to the hospital, they took him to my grandmother's house. She was supposed to know what to do with him. He died at my grandmother's house before, either in the ambulance or sometime in the process of trying to get him to the hospital. And so I began to grow up with this idea that friends, you can't really even trust friends. And it, was pretty, it was pretty scary. Like I, I remember that night when she told me, I think I was sixth grade, doing some family tree project, you know, you gotta learn some. Of how do people die in your family, so that you can see if you know there's some traits you need to be thinking about. I remember the project, and I remember asking my mom, "Well, can you tell me what what heart problem he had? Did he have um, cardiac blah blah?" I was asking those questions. She's like, "Well, do you really want to know what happened?" I'm like, well, "Don't get, don't get, don't get creepy about it. Just tell me what kind of heart problem he had, so I can fill this stupid homework out. I don't want to have time to be talking about no deep stuff, you know?" She's like, "Well, I'll tell you if you if you if you're ready for it." I'm like what's wrong with you, lady? Just tell me what happened to his heart. And she said, okay, sit down. I said, I'm not sitting down. Tell me the, tell me the answer. And she was like, talking about the drug situation. And I literally was in shock. Like, I was like, first of all, he'd been lying to me all my life that my father had heart problems. When he, he basically got, you know, is he overdose maybe you can say? But whatever okay. you call it, sure. his heart couldn't handle the drugs that he was on, that people put in, his, in the marijuana that he was on. And uh, he died. And so I began to like, man, your friends would do that to you? Like, I just didn't even understand that that was a concept. And I think that that has, I mean, that's definitely uh, affects my life in a lot of ways, right? And like trust, uh, you know, I have really good friends. I have a few really close friends. I know a lot of people, but close friends are are harder because, and I now I'm always wondering, are they <laughs> are they going to put something in my I mean, I don't even smoke weed really, you know? So the idea is that uh, this story is going in a really interesting place, right? But ultimately I realized that um, I had this belief that um, my father not being here was because somebody didn't do right by him. Sure. I think those are the, that was a journey. It's been a journey ever since. And so, I'm, um, you know, today I get to be like in the work I do with young men, helping um unpack what they feel about where they are today, like, you know, how is your life? Is it going the way you want it? If not, how do you feel about it? If you feel good about it, excellent. If you don't, what do you, what can we do about it? What can you do about it? It's not me doing anything, and so that's the work that we get to do to give young people space to be more whole and more you know more
0: alive. So it sounds like your own self realization impacted.
2: I think what you're your- me right now. Hello,
0: hello. Can you hear me? Hello, can you hear me? Hello?
2: Yeah, is it maybe it's my side? I, I can't it hear might, you still. It might
0: be your side. Yeah, my mine is mine's working.
2: Yeah, my, my sound is all hello? up.
0: Hello, hello, hello. Oh. Hello, 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 hello. Hello. Yo, check uh test your uh yeah, I
2: still can't hear you. Hang on, I'm going to Okay. Should I Should I hang up?
0: No. Uh
2: Is it my sound? I'm oh, my audio. My
0: audio is off. Yeah. <clears throat> now, so maybe. No, there. Now it's working, uh-huh. but I don't know why. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's something on my end. Can you hear me okay. now?
2: Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe this. Okay. Hello. Hello. I can hear you. I've heard you this whole oh. time. Okay. No, I. I just couldn't hear you when you were talking. Okay. okay. I, I got it now. There it is. So um, I think. Yeah.
0: Okay. So so going back a, a second ago. It sounds like your own self-realization yes. played a role in what you're trying to assist young men in doing. Am I right?
2: Yeah. I think what I, what I created in Ever Forward was what I actually needed when I was in high school. Like, I needed a place to go and talk about what I was going through. My, my, my home life wasn't so exciting my mom married a guy i don't think he was uh particularly nice to me and my siblings uh he he really loved he really loved the son that he had by my mom but uh, we we got treated not so well and um i think i i just wasn't happy i wasn't happy at all um and so i thought that going to college was going to help me be happy and i realized that oh you know college did a thing because i got to go and be free i was not not responsible to anyone else for a while but i think what i created ever forward was what i really wish I had in high school, a place to be seen, be heard, be pushed to be my best self. And I worked hard in high school, but you know, when I got to college, there were people who were smarter than me. I was like, how do you get to be smarter than me? Like huh, you, how did you get to be, wait, what, what did your teachers teach you in high school? Cause I know I did everything my teachers did and I'm all, i you're, you're way smarter than me. I was trying to figure out what, and I realized that man, these other schools, their expectations of the students were way more, in my high school, I mean, if you're gonna give me me more work, I could have done more work. I did everything they asked me. I had a really high GPA graduating, and so I think that um, I wanted to build a place where young men, regardless of what the school gave them, they knew that they could go more and harder, and they could learn better and bigger. And that's what I wanted to create in '04. That's the that's what, that's the journey. I think I was trying to build of trying to create a space for young people to be more of their best selves. And that's that's what we've been that's what we've been trying to do since 2004. Um, creating those spaces, giving them experiences. Like the young people don't come to us on their way to college necessarily. Like they're all capable, but they don't wanna be in high school. We're trying to help young people who are on their way to dropping out to say, you don't wanna drop out, that's the, that's the least you wanna do. You actually want even way more. You know, you don't wanna just have free time right now. You wanna have free time to do your dream and your goals and, your, and put things into action. You have big goals in life, I'm sure. And when you help young people find that goal in their dreams, then you can help them come alive. But if they are in school and they're just like, "This is boring. This don't mean nothing to me," then they're they're on their way out the door. And so my work is around like supporting them to be their best selves, and that's what we do. And and I mean, even though when I got to high school, I was already on on track to. To I, I had some dreams, but I didn't have, I had no. I was. I was kind of. I think if I think about it, I should think. I haven't used this word pretty much ever. I would say I was pretty lonely. I think I was. I felt really just unseen, right? Like, you know, I'm the man of the house in seven. My mom marries this guy when I turn like 12 or 13. Then now I'm not the man of the house anymore, but I'm also, I'm not even nurtured by a man in the house. You know, like I'm, my, 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 my title as a responsible part of these for my siblings. So I had to keep nurturing them because we weren't getting nurtured by a father figure. It was a man in the house who, got the head chair at the table who got the big piece of chicken you know who got to who got all the stuff that the sit in the chair the cat you know the chair his spot right his own rocking like all that stuff happened it but we didn't get i didn't get a i didn't get a father in the process so i think that i i try i think my journey has been man shanti what if you could just help other young men who whether they have a father or not it's not really about replacing the father it's about do they have a space to be and come alive and be their best selves? And that's what we're trying to do in Ever Forward.
0: Um, So it's a powerful movement and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a little bit back in our relationship for a minute. So we met in January and, and I want to come back to the health thing in just a minute because we're still on the topic of your movement Yeah, and and what you provide for, for young men. Um, we, we, we began communicating from that, um, um, meeting in January and you were heading to South by Southwest in March. And and I, and I said, you know what, I may be up there, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I can go and, and, uh, you know, check out whatever it is that that you're going to be a part of up there, or maybe we could just (laughs) grab a bite to eat. So fast forward to uh spring break, the the, the 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 beginning of what would become coronavirus, yep. pandemic. Yep. You're in Austin, Texas, I'm in Austin, yep. Texas, and South by Southwest gets canceled. And <laughs> we and we decide to meet up anyway. Right.
2: Yep.
0: And and so we meet up at a little uh at a little Japanese sushi, all you can eat place uh, in downtown Austin Texas called Junai which is amazing
2: <laughs>
0: I don't know if I don't know if you'll endorse the restaurant the same as oh me, but
2: go Junai go Junai absolutely but
0: but we were there and you were with with another producer uh, or uh, I guess organizer of your of your uh, efforts and two young men yeah and and i brought this up in our other in, in our other discussions about our other pursuits. And because your plan had completely fallen apart. South by Southwest is canceled. Your panels are canceled, but everything's booked. You're there. And so you try and make the best out of uh, the situation. And so you have (laughs) your young men producing um, content, right? Whether it's, whatever it's going to be. But, but it's funny because you talk about being a father figure. You talk about giving somebody a platform. When I saw the way that you were speaking with these young men, it, it, it was it was it was what you're talking about. <clears throat> you were giving them the opportunity to have some space to create and to navigate, but you were facilitating that. In a way that you you're saying you never really had yourself, and I see the beauty in that, and and, and it's a it's a wonderful it's a wonderful thing that that your organization does. It's a powerful uh, story because basically what you're doing is you're 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 forcing these young men to take stock and where they're at, where they want to be, what they're doing, have some type of self realization, right? You're giving them a platform, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, and and uh, you know the way that you spoke with the, these young men, which basically was very relentless, very very father uh, like You know, high expectations. And, and and when I saw that, it was it was more real to me than you speaking at the conference, because this is where the rubber meets the road. This is, uh, you know, I don't know if these kids have parents in their lives or not, but the, the way that you set the bar, you know, was what most kids need. They need to be pushed. They need to be, um, you know, pushed into taking this self-actualization, right? <laughs> and, and, yeah. And so, and so this, is, this is your movement. This is what you're all about. But let's go back. When we start talking – when we start talking at, at that conference in January, you know, we're talking about one thing or the other and then, and then health comes up, right? We start talking about health a little bit and, yeah. and I talk about where I've been and where I'm going and what my plans are and, and how what you were talking about at that conference spoke to me because I was already in the process of trying to figure out how do I get the kids that I work with into nature? How is it that I get? How, how do I get them to connect? And and like I said earlier, I was like, man, I don't really want to be here, whatever. And then I, when I saw what you do and why you do it and who you work with, I said, this guy right here, this guy is. This is what I needed to see today. And and so you take you take young men to to experience things uh, in nature and you connect them in, in nature and, and people, um, we'll put in the, in the, in the, um, in the description of, uh, in this and and anything that we post about this, uh, your interview today, uh, where they can see these efforts cause they're, they're wonderful. Yeah. Um, but, but, um, you know, going back to that, um, you know, we we're talking about health and, and so I, I want to ask you this, um, yeah. And, and, and actually two things, because one, I want you to explain what the mask activity is. But yeah. the second thing I want you to explain, and, 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 you know, you can share as much as you want. You know, you shared that, that you were in your own, you know, uh, struggles with pursuing health. And yeah. so since January, we've texted, we've talked about, you know, how to navigate this space because, you know, we're in a similar mindset of, a, a realization that wherever I'm at now is not where I want to be right. but that's the first step so one talk about the actual mask activity yeah and, and and what that is and then I want you to talk about how does the mask activity and your efforts to allow these kids a self-realization or even your own self realization relate to health so what's the mask activity and how does health relate to, the, to, to what you're doing, whether it be in your own efforts or your with your organization's efforts or with your own personal efforts?
2: Yeah, beautiful question. And then they really deeply connect. So uh, so the mask activity, and it's now called the million mask movement, hashtag million mask movement. So if you're looking at, you want to check it out, go to any platform, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, type in hashtag million mask movement. And what you're going to see is what we've asked people to do in this new phase is to take a picture of themselves wearing a mask. My mask is right here. This is a mask I've been wearing. Take a picture of yourself wearing a mask. Then take a picture of yourself without the mask. Then we want you to, in the, in the comments, we want you to write hashtag million mask movement and then hashtag front of mask. And then write three qualities. The front of the mask is what are the things that you gladly let the world see about you? What are the three qualities that... When you leave out of your house in the morning, whether you're wearing the mask or not, three qualities you gladly let people see. That's hashtag front of mask. Then hashtag back of mask, that's things that people don't normally see. Things we normally don't let people see. Like right now, like I'm in this space, I'm, I'm on this interview. I'm doing my best to like be present and be just as vulnerable as I can. But all the time we're all having these different layers of masks. And as all I'm talking about, family stuff and personal stuff. I still feel that sometimes the need to, like, hmm, can I tell about that? Can I tell about that? Uh, can I handle that? Can I handle that? Is this going to create some, you know, like, like I've been through a lot of things in my life, right? But I think we always have it. But do you have a safe place to take them off? And, you know, luckily for me and the work we do with Young Men, we give them that. We, well, we provide that safe space, and they just have to take advantage of it. Um, and so that's the mask challenge. It, we just upgraded. when We just rebranded it from the 100,000 mask challenge to now the Million Mask Movement. So we, we hope that your users, your followers, there's a card right there. So on the card, we did the card version. You would have the left side, which is the front of the mask, and the right side, which is the back of the mask. And that tool, you can actually go to our website. If you if you don't feel comfortable making your own mask online and sharing it with the world, you can make it anonymously. So you can go to 100 kmaskscom That's the number 100kmasks.com. And there you can draw the mask online, digitally. Um, and you can always make it and send it to us in the mail. But those are the ways that we have been building a momentum, a movement um, around helping people recognize that what is the mask that we wear? Do you, do you know that there's more to you than anybody could ever see by looking at you? And even though we're all walking around, the, rural, the world is walking around wearing these masks to protect ourselves. What happens when you take it off? What happens when you go home and you get to finally take the mask off of your face? Do you get to be yourself? Do you get to be who you really are? Or is there another layer of mask that no one can see because you gotta pretend like work was amazing. You gotta pretend like you had a great day. You have to pretend like you're really happy to be home right now even though you're stressed out and you're worried about the future. Like the question is where do we have places to recognize that we're not alone? And that's our work. And so how that connects directly to me, I think it came about when we were being prepared to go into the documentary, The Mask You Live In. I was trying to do an activity with these young men that was going to let them talk about what they were going on in their life without talking about it. Because every week we did check-ins, no one talked about what they were really going through. Like, I knew about it because one-on-one in my office, they would talk about it because I was the dean. Like, my job is to ask questions and find out what's happening. Not just give you a, a consequence, a detention, a suspension, or whatever, the, a restorative justice session, whatever that may be. But I need to find out what's the root of it. Because giving you a consequence means nothing if we don't understand the roots of why you're in the trouble in the first place. And what I realized with a lot of the young men who came to the circle was that in my office we could go deep because I don't have time to waste with asking you fake questions. But when they got to a circle, they were all like, I'm doing great. doing fine, everything's great, everything's fantastic, and it really wasn't. And for me personally, I knew what the mask was because I always had a mask. Always. In high school, I always had a I never talked about the fact that at home I was dealing with sadness and 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 drama. Like I didn't tell anybody I didn't tell anybody until I was an adult about the situation with my father that I talk about when I in my TED talk or in the stages about, about my mom it's just yeah, it just some some home some violence in the home. I definitely never talked about childhood abuse that I experienced. That's so what I did is I learned how to mask it up. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm oh I'm good. I'm fine. I'm okay. I,
0: I I'm good. Think I'm
2: that, uh,
0: I think that I think that that I've got to add before we get to the health related component is you know the the conference that I saw you speak at I yep. I you know this is a conference of the leaders in in, in this field right in, in gifted yeah. and talented from across yeah. the state and what your uh what your group activity uh did in the middle of in your presentation was to demonstrate uh, that 20 or 25 random people out of the hundreds of um, attendees that were there, or uh, you know, maybe you know, a couple thousand, I don't remember how many there were, but there was a lot, that randomly these 25 people that you, you know, uh, drew cards, um, their, their, their cards, which I have a copy here of, that every single one of them was carrying trauma or emotion or uh, stress that they don't reveal depression right, and yeah. so what it told yeah. me was, hey, everybody's depressed, everybody's carrying baggage everybody's got something to that they're worried about um, yeah. throw throw corona in the mix, and everything's amplified right but yeah. Yeah. but you but but you you may your your the reason that you one of the reasons that you, made, that you were so impactful was that, you know, these are people who, have, who technically have their stuff together, right? Yeah. These are people yeah. who are supposed to be providing those safe spaces for kids, and they're scared. What does that tell you about collectively? It, it tells you that everybody has to address this stuff. That's right. otherwise otherwise you know it's a it's a powder keg ready to go off right
2: oh man and, and it happens so, all the
0: time it, it, exactly and so people freak out they you know they act out whatever they they you know i know that one of your one of your you know the that you target young men because of the disproportionate amount of, of men that that are in prisons or in correctional facilities because they didn't know how to deal with their emotions. If they didn't know how to, so it's a, it's a powerful movement that, that you um, represent and that you carry. And I applaud you for it. And I think it's fantastic. And, and there's, yeah. no, there, I, don't, I,
2: don't, I want ahead. to say one more thing. It, and, and it's more than just how many are disproportionately in prison because 94% of people in prison are men. So that data right there is already, like I didn't know a whole lot of people in prison. I mean, my brother, has been in trouble. I had a, my brother who has a mental disability has been in trouble and he's been in jail. Like I know people who have been in jail, but it was more because I saw people who were free, who were in mental cages, who, who were walking around on the streets, emotionally, almost adolescents. Like no tools to navigate stress and sadness and fear. So everything turned into anger. Everything turned into rage. And guess what? I was one of those. At a 17 years old with a paper bag in my car that I got from a friend's house. After my, my, my mom's husband put his hands on her, I was about to throw it all away. I was a 3.9 G, or 3.8 <laughs> GPA student on my way to college, already accepted to college. And I was about to throw it all away. You know why? Because nobody ever let me talk about what I was feeling. I stuffed it. I stuffed it. I was smart, I got good grades, but I was emotionally felt lonely.
0: I get it. That's, that's, that's a tough one, man. And and you know what? Your, your, your efforts are amazing. And I, and I totally applaud you and, and people can find all this information out, uh, on, on your, on all everything that you've published via YouTube and, and your website. And we're going to share all that information, but here's the, here's, uh, here's the, 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 here's where I, I want to, uh, segue into the health.
2: Yeah. So you're yeah. a big
0: man. And 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 I'm a big man. We can relate to the, the obstacles that have been in our uh, you know, path and pursuits yeah. for health. Yeah. Um, we can relate to past successes in, in weight loss through extreme behavior or you know, programs, you know, whatever. Talk about your health pursuits, because this is a, 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 a podcast that is specifically centered around uh, our, our pursuits for health, right? What, yeah. what is it about your health and everything that, that is, is, it comes with that? How does it relate to your efforts? Talk about your own, your own pursuits as well.
2: Yeah, you know, I've been a big kid all my life, you know, and um, uh, I'll do that again. Uh, so I've been a big kid my whole life. Um, and I think my pursuits, my pursuits have been, you know, I was always, oh, he's Husky. right? Was, he's Husky. And then you get Huskier and Huskier and Husky doesn't, somehow the name, you don't change the name, but now I'm no longer Husky. I'm actually just fat. And I'm, but I've been using the name Husky for so long. I think I'm, I'm still Husky. And, um i i think i just wasn't i I, I, grew, I grew an addiction that i didn't know i had let me tell you how it happened I, I went to india came back from india my mom was like hey i'm in these classes for an addiction to flour and sugar i'm like addiction to flour and sugar who has an addiction to flour and sugar that don't, that don't make any sense She's like oh you gotta come to one of these meetings you gotta learn about this stuff now my mom, i got it from you know watching my mom operate and how she handled her relationship with food and I, you know, I picked up on some habits that were not healthy, but that's just, where do where you learn it from? You learn it from people who buy you food, right? Um, and, I, and I realized when I went to a couple of meetings. I'm like, oh my God. And so I, when, when I first started, like, that's not when I went pursuing my only time I pursued my health, but that's when I was realizing, oh, this is a real thing. Like, you mean flour? Like, there's an addiction thing? Like, I haven't, and I, and I really tried to stop eating sugar. I remember at, the first time I tried to stop I lasted 24 hours, maybe. And I was at one event, they had cookies on the table. I'm like, oh no, I'm good. And that smell, that smell like came into my, 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 my body. And I was like, you know, listen, uh, for anybody who has an addiction to drug, I don't, I don't play around with addiction. I have family members who have had addictions. I was trying to turn off a signal in my brain that said, I'm ignoring the smell of those cookies. And I could not turn it off. I felt like I was going literally insane. I'm like, Shanti, why are you tripping? Like, and then I started telling myself, well, having one cookie is not going to hurt nobody. I just decided that morning I'm not going to have any more flour and sugar. And literally that evening, I am like losing my mind with some cookies on the table. I, I can only tell you, if you have ever dealt with an ad- addiction, that it is exhausting. And I, and I, and literally I gave in, I gave in, I gave in. I was like, I ain't hurt nobody. It's my own mouth and my own body. I ain't hurt nobody, you know? And that's what I did in college. In college, I didn't smoke. I didn't smoke no drugs. I didn't do drink no alcohol, but I ate at cafeteria. All I can eat. I only, so I, I turned everything around. I said, you know, what? I don't drink. I don't smoke. I just eat. And I was justifying that the fact that I ate all the time because I didn't do drugs or alcohol. Cause I didn't think that who was an addiction. And so I'm, I'm kind of going back. I mean, it starts early. The, I think my addiction to food or kind of comforting food was during some childhood trauma that I couldn't talk about. And I needed some comfort. I needed some comfort. And you can find comfort in a pack of Oreos. Like, <laughs> um, it was Ashanti's favorite cookie. His first. Before, I think the slogan was America's favorite cookie. Because as an adult, and when I was younger, you only can get a couple. And my mom was only give me maybe four or three or whatever. When you're an adult, you go to Costco. I can buy as many Oreos as I want, eight ninety nine for ten sleeves. Unhealthy, and I would eat them all with no remorse. <laughs> well, there's remorse when the box is empty because now I got to go back to the store. But no remorse in the fact that I just ingested like food in an unhealthy way until I realized it. It was it was killing me, and luckily I didn't end up in the hospital before I realized it was killing me. Like I started learning it on the way and I, and the, the the spikes and up and down I've done a juicing cleanse I released 70, 80, 75 pounds and then in, you know that was 2014 I think 2014 2014 I think and you know this is this 2020 I put all that weight back on so I didn't really have a healthy relationship with food I just you know did like I basically starved myself for 90 days <laughs> I mean I was drinking a bunch of liquid so I was like oh I'm, I'm doing a good thing and then I go back and I had no, I didn't change my relationship with food. I just did something to change what I was doing in the moment. And so I, 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 it's been a journey. It's been a really big journey. But I think recently, when you and I met in January, December, I think that's when I got the My Fitness Um, I began like tracking my food. I'm like, that's, I don't have time for that. I got time to be putting no food in the stupid app. You know what I'm saying? I barely got time to make a meal. And then, but what happens is like, for me, it was like, I'm watching what I'm writing down. And I'm like, I just ate a whole bunch of junk today. And so I, I could be like, I don't have to write it because ain't nobody great me and ain't, ain't nobody's business anyway. But then I started realizing if you're gonna make a change, you gotta make a change. And so, you know, I, I literally since um I don't know when I, when I I'd say at least, at least three months right now, I'm three months, no flour, no sugar. Um, I have a new relationship with food that is, I I use food for fuel. And I think working with you, right, since that conversation has been very different because it's one thing when you talk to a skinny person who tries to tell you, you don't want the cookies. (laughs) And I'm like, just shut up because you don't know what you're talking about because I'm clear what I do want and I can afford them. So first of all, when somebody who, who thinks that they know about you, because they have no experience having food be a crutch, the food be a place you go for comfort, they have no idea. Then they can't really talk. They can they can tell you what the books say, but they can't tell you what it feels like to say, "Oh, we're at a birthday party, and I can tell just by the look at the cake if it's going to be a good cake. I don't even need to have it even cut it yet. I can just look at it, and I'm like, Oh, that's a good one." And don't talk about weddings. Don't talk about weddings, uh-huh. like weddings. Now, most wedding cakes are horrible because they got a bunch of fondant on the outside. There's a bunch of plastic. That's not good. But when I see a wedding cake that I can tell when they cut make that first cut and you see him or her shove that cake in the, the spot, you like, that's moist. <laughs> that's, that's a moist cake. And I just want to stand by the cake tray the whole rest of the night. Like, that's ridiculous. Like I, I've been at parties where I didn't want to leave yet because they hadn't cut the cake. I'm talking about that's unhealthy thinking, but it's it's my thinking. and I, I'm learning how to be um, you know how to be a, have a better relationship with what I'm putting in my body. And you know, since we met, I think um, I think I'm down over 30 pounds since we met, and um, I, I'm feeling much better. I'm, I, I, can, I can stretch in more. I got a long way to go like I'm still over 300 pounds and um, but I feel much better in my in my body and I'm making the good decisions every day and I'm tracking my food and I'm making decisions that are gonna let me have the big dreams I have going let me enjoy them uh, because you can't enjoy the big dreams if you're in the hospital all the time and I think that what I've learned to do now is to uh, change how food uh, is fueling me as opposed to letting me it just uh, excites my tongue, for the moment, and um, and it's not easy, you know. I'm doing a keto diet right now. Um, I'm hit a plateau. I'm in a plateau right now. I'm I'm at the same weight for like the last, you know, three weeks or so. I've been feeling really kind of some fr- frustrated, and I know when I get frustrated, it's not good. So I got to like keep telling myself we got to, you know. So I'm starting to do some more exercises to like to 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 help burn. Like, I'm just I, I'm. I'm on a journey and I realized that it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be a journey and your inspiration, you know, whatever you posted something like a week ago and I shared with one of my friends that I was working with you. I said, it's great talking to somebody who, who gets it. You know, you give, you you, you, you sometimes you're like, um, Oh, don't worry if you have a break. Like you know, if you have a break to your plan, you're playing, you know, right. And I was like, well, I'm not breaking it. <laughs> I'm not breaking it. Right. But I think that what I've been able to do is to just have that, like Other people like, don't ever break your plan, but to have somebody who's like, who gets it, that this is a lifestyle change. And you may say, I never eat sugar again in my life. I don't know if that's realistic for everyone. I don't know for me, luckily with the keto diet, I can, there's some things I can eat. I can have stevia that makes some little, small little desserts or something that, that I can have that fits into my macros. And um, the fact that I use the word macros right now actually is quite ironic Cause I didn't even know what a macro was till maybe a month ago. (laughs) So the fact that just let,
1: (laughs) but
0: but you (laughs) you know what what I was going to say is that that, that's totally relatable to all your, your other efforts. Think, think about something for a moment, right? Just the concept of ever forward, right? Yeah. Don't ever stop moving forward. That, that concept, right? You're, uh, you're, you're talking macros when you didn't used to in the past you're talking about addiction with food and you didn't used to in the past it's a constant it's a constant evolution that you're going through that that is just a part of your identity and your pursuits i'm proud i'm proud that of you and your efforts i think they're awesome and and i got to say you know as you continue these pursuits you know i i, I got to say that i'm or i guess tell me how is it impact, how is the the positive um, effects of your health pursuits impacting your efforts in, in, in your other endeavors with with ever forward I mean I, I mean how is that impacting you
2: now well you know I've always been a, a recovering workaholic right so you know working 16 hours a day is nothing to me uh, it's not it's not healthy I know but it's just not it's not, it's not, it's normal to me. Uh, and so what I've, what I've come to understand is that, um, I have some responsibility to myself and to the goals I have. And so what it's done for me, like that 30 pounds that I've released, I mean, I have a lot more energy. I have, I mean, like, I have to be careful with so much more energy that I don't start working more. Right. Cause I already work, you know, I can work 16 hours a day without even thinking twice. And it's like, you know, 10 o'clock at night and I'm like trying to get this last thing finished up. So I think but what I need to start doing, I need to start giving more time to myself. So I'm buying back time, I'm buying back energy in my life, and I need to start using those for the goals I have. So this week, the first few days of this week, I've been working with an editor, I'm working on a book project, which I'm super excited about. I'm starting a podcast in two weeks, I'm super excited about. We launched the Million Mass movement last Friday. So I have now realized that what can you do when you got more energy? What can you do when you got, I, I've always had drive. I've never been a person who just sat around. I didn't get fat because I was sitting around. I was eating nonsense food in a hurry to get to the next meeting and to the next thing. Fast food, this, what can I get quickly? Where can I go to my favorite taqueria? <laughs> and I, I just, you know, it was not that but it was not being conscious of what i was eating i was just eating whatever i wanted to eat whenever i wanted to eat it late night morning whatever um and i was just getting more conscious and i think when you can when you do that it frees up your brain to say i'm not just throwing stuff in me just unconsciously i'm like i'm eating like like i made something the other night i don't even know where where the recipe came from i made up the recipe and i was like that is amazing And so I've always loved to cook, so it's not that the cooking part. It was just I'm making healthy food that fits in a plan that I am making time to cook. Uh, You know, like I would say that I probably cooked more in this last four months than I have probably, you know, maybe the last two years, right? I I just was eating out all the time. Sure. And I think that now I'm making decisions. And so I think it's it's, it's helping me to make better decisions so that I can begin designing the life that I want to live and I can uh, achieve the goals that I really have for myself. And so uh, that's, that's been beautiful.
0: That's awesome. Let let me ask you uh, one, one last thing before I get to the last question here. So you're talking about, you know, making all your meals and this and that Uh, just, we have to, we have to talk about it because of the, the, because of the Corona aspect, right? I know that you had already made this shift before Corona hit, right? Where you were starting to be more mindful, right? Yeah. Um, has it helped you or hurt you? The, the Corona period where uh, in terms of being more mindful of what you're eating, because now you're maybe cooking more. Is, is, how, <laughs> how, how has it impacted you?
2: I mean, I think it, 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 it situationally makes it easier, right? Cause restaurants are closed. Like I, if I wanted to go get a burrito or something, you, you got to like go there before eight o'clock because everything closes early, and then you got to take it home. And I don't really I like to sit in there and eat and watch TV and have the chips and salsa and all the stuff that you know. But I think um, I think what I've what I've learned what I oh sorry I'm sorry uh, what I've really learned for myself is that um, I own the decisions, and so what it's done is like oh yeah if everything was open. I still could make a decision to come home and make my food. I still can make the decision that on the weekend, I'm going to buy food, I'm going to prep it, I'm going to have food for the week. And so it just let me recognize that even though uh, circumstances have caused it that I can't go out and do that anymore, it always has been my choice. It's always been my choice to like just take the easy way out and to go eat outside because it's faster and it's, and it's entertaining and it's fun I can socialize. And so I think that, yeah, I mean, definitely – it has changed a lot of things, you know, but I think for me, I made the decision before to say, I'm going to, I'm going to pursue my health and I have a choice to, to not, you know? And so I think that those are the, yeah. So I think that's a great, yeah, it's a great question. I think I ultimately know now that um, I'm in control and I, I have to make the choice. I have to make those good choices. and I have to decide to make those good choices every day. So that's, that's a, uh, I mean, well, it's, it, it takes work.
0: I'm I'm proud to hear that you've navigated all this. I'm excited for you because because you know I, it's it's very easy to make an excuse that you that you can oh it's you know the difficult times that's a fat person's <laughs> pass a golden ticket to go get the burrito with the salsa with the guacamole whatever whatever it is you know it's fine. And, and you know what? It, it, it's it, it's it's an interesting thing because because our minds are are very similar. People who are overweight or who have an, an unhealthy uh, relationship with food, yeah, they they can make an excuse for anything. You know, I've I've made excuses for too many for too many years to just make another one. And and, and to hear you with a similar mindset, you know, it's it's uh it's inspiring. It's great, and and I. I I thank you for coming on today to share share your your, uh, pursuits. I will ask you to please, at some point, I want to revisit. I want to talk to you when you're in that next phase of your your pursuits. Um, I want to talk to you when you're at goal weight. Because these are all things, you know, but even that reaction, think about it. You're you're you you you've thrown it out there, right? You're pursuing. Yeah. It it, that, yeah. that, that's powerful in itself, and, and it's funny because you you have all these second second thoughts about about that. You're like saying, "Oof!" But think about it. <laughs> you've thrown out so much more. You know, yeah. think about how impactful that is for you to be reserved about this when you haven't been reserved about, um, you know, your efforts with ever forward. I mean, it's it's yeah. that's how psychologically crippling it can be. To yeah. be overweight and to be uh, to be um, hamstrung by food, right? So mm. here's here's my last question for you because so oh, you, have, yeah. you have to promise me you have to promise me that you're gonna that you're gonna uh, come back when you're in the next phase of your journey.
2: Or, or I, I will, least,
0: or at least check in, right? And then I will, and then of course at goal weight, maybe we'll meet up at Junai, maybe at post-Corona.
2: <laughs> you know? Yeah, but, that's what I'm talking about. I'm so we'll about sit it. at the bar. We'll sit at the bar. So here's the <laughs> here's the, the last question I have for you. And I'm gonna walk outside so I can okay. show you this view because I wanted to show you this view of where I'm at right now. Okay. But I'm ready for I'm ready for the last question.
0: So uh, well, first of all, before I get to the last question, you you are in Oakland.
2: Are you a Raiders fan? I, no, actually. Um, are you an Athletics fan? You know, I'm an A's fan. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm an A's fan. Bash, I, uh, brothers,
0: bash brothers fan
2: the yeah old, that's an absolute can't say mark Bruce, mcguire yeah baby
0: now that's let right. me ask you this did, did you ever watch the uh the the bash brothers uh jimmy uh, or adam sandberg uh spoof
2: <laughs> no
0: no you, you've got to see it if you're an ace okay. especially that era you've got to see it it's adam sandberg and he does—he does this real funny parody of Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire. It's like a whole thirty-minute <laughs> special. These made-up rap songs, beautiful. It's—it's it's hilarious. You got to see it.
2: Okay, um, okay.
0: So t- tell us where you're at right there. What—what what is that? That's so the
2: bay. this is a, this is the bay. So this is Alameda, uh, behind me that way. That's all Alameda over there. So you see all the sailboats. Nice. They call it one of these Coast Guard Island. I think it's a little tiny island the coast guard is out here in the bay so you saw that boat passing by um so yeah this is a new little development they've put up this is um one of the old like was this something 8th avenue terminal this building right here is the old port building the port of oakland they've actually tore the building they tore it down they chopped it in pieces so the building goes all the way down there and this building this building i was just in and then like they made it into two other buildings down there, so this is a part of new development here nice. on the water. So, I thought I would come outside and answer the answer the last question uh, out okay. here. I, I okay. think the moon is out. The moon is out right now. I don't know. I don't know who knows uh, geography that good. Yeah. I don't exactly. Really. Where, yeah. yeah. I don't know where, where. Oh, there it is. There it is. See it? Oh no, see that was behind. a seagull. That was a seagull. No, it's, it's it's still there. It's still, where, where's that? Okay. Okay. It's it's behind me. Oh you yeah. See the moon over see there.
0: there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's right, okay. right there.
2: All right, right. So
0: so, you know, thank you for coming on. Here's my last question for you. Yeah. Okay, so you're on death row. We don't know why. We don't know what you've done. It Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what what you know. We don't care. But (laughs) the question is this: What is your last meal and why? And it can it can defy time and space. Meaning it can be made by anybody, you know, in any you know time of your life or whatever, or you know, it doesn't matter. But but any meal, anything that you, what is your last meal? It could be you know a, a laundry list of things. It could be one simple thing. It could be whatever. What what would be your last meal and why?
2: Uh, <clears throat> you know when I yeah this is a great question. So my my brain goes to lots of places when I think of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it goes my, my my brain goes into a lot of places just based on uh, if I ignore the context <laughs> of where I am having this last meal, um, I would say I would have a meal by um, who probably my grandmother. I think I have my grandmother. Uh, I would have some my great grandmother's macaroni and cheese. My great grandmother's not alive anymore, but she made a macaroni mousse. she would call it he macaroni and cheese on on steroids the best macaroni and cheese ever
0: describe it describe it for me
2: um you know there's just like this cre- the creaminess of the cheese in the al dente noodles are just like like it didn't get ever too brown it was always perfect the, the brownness of the cheese on top was it like hurt? Or- it was baked oh yeah I you had, start off on these
0: was the cheese on top uh, kind of like browned?
2: Oh yeah, it was. It was. She got it crispy, a little crispy uh-huh. without being burnt. Oh my goodness! And then my grandmother's candy yams. My grandmother's candy yams. I don't know how she did it. She cooked candy yams on the stove that were the most tender, and it, it was just basically like a. It was just basically like eating sugar and, and cinnamon and butter, with with the yams around it <laughs> i'm like i need some more of that syrup on there put some more of the the syrup on the on there you, you got she's like i can't give you all the syrup baby you gotta give these some for other people i'm like just put one more one more spoon and it would just be like let's just sop it with the biscuits and the oh my gosh it would be some greens some collard greens uh it will be some uh the chicken you know i mean I'm trying to think who my family can really just throw down some chicken. It will be like a soul food. And the dessert, dessert, dessert. Two desserts. Two desserts. Oh, don't forget the macaroni. Don't forget the potato salad. Potato salad, absolutely incredible. It has to have egg in it. it has to be creamy. That's what, that's, that's important. It has to have sweet pickled eggs. Sweet pickles. Sweet pickles. Pickle relish. Um, not too many celery. Not too many onions. It can't be crunching on all that again. Just nice. Amazing potato salad. And mayonnaise. based uh, or mustard based. Oh, mayonnaise based. That's that's okay. how we do. That's how we do it in, in, in Arkansas, Little Rock. Okay. And then dessert. Grandmother, grand. My grandmother just she don't play. She don't play. Peach cobbler. My grandmother could have a crust. The crust on the bottom was crispy. The crust on the top was crispy, and it was just gooey in the middle. I'm like, I don't know how she ever did it. Like it was just like it wasn't gooey crust. It was like like you were like I'll oh, give me more crust. Like you still didn't like crush all other people's pieces because the crust, the crust was almost better than the peaches. I don't know how she did it. It was just soaked in deliciousness. So that was that was and potato and, and potato salad. My mom, my mom's, my mom got the potato potato pie. Sweet potato pie, my mom. That that's my mom. I think only anybody else can can do. I'll do my mom on sweet potato pie. But oh, we forgot the dressing. You gotta have dressing. You gotta have dressing. Not stuffing. Like dressing. Cornbread, cornbread, dressing. cornbread dressing. cornbread dressing without a doubt and you gotta use the the juice from the turkey that was cooking off for the last three hours in the freaking man this is man this is that's what I'm talking that's what I'm talking about that's what I'm talking about oh that's great I
0: don't I don't know I don't I I guess now we know where that flour and sugar addiction
2: comes from oh we know where it comes from I'm I'm clear I'm 100% clear and you know, some people, you know, when I, go, when I go to these FA meetings, the Food Addicts Anonymous, you can't talk about food. Like you can't, because you could trigger people. So I just feel myself, I feel my, my, my heart rate raising right now after saying all those words. So now I need to go figure out what I'm going to have for dinner. I need to go make some keto, some keto mug cake. Uh, a keto mud cake is it what you, <laughs> it can't compare. But it 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 will have to do tonight because I feel like a like some cravings happening right now.
0: It, 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 was <laughs> there anything Was there anything left in not Describe.
1: Oh my god!
2: Th- nothing else fits on the plate. Nothing else fits on the plate. The plate is already full. You, okay. you can't add more of that plate. That's okay. that's just. But no, that's that's about it. That's, that's all I need. I mean, that's right. that's all we have. For me. We that's we we already full. That you sounds amazing.
0: That sounds great. I can tell you're salivating. And, and, and um, I, I want to tell you, thank you very much for, for letting me interview on Fat Talk. I look yeah, forward, man. I look forward to you reaching your, your, your goals. We're going to do it. With your million mask movement, with, yes. your, with your health, with your weight loss. Yes. And, and everything that you're about, uh, I'm a believer. And so uh, thank you for your time. Thank and you. Until next time, brother.
2: See you. See you, Fat talkers. Thank you so
0: all much.
2: Right. All right,
0: we're back, ladies and gentlemen, all eighty-two of you. Hey, eighty-three. What, uh, what happened? Eighty-three. Lost one yeah, already. Somebody unsubscribed. Um, we're back from from that interview with Ashanti Branch that I was fortunate enough to to conduct yesterday. Um, with he, he took some time out of his busy schedule. Um, uh, with his efforts he's got a lot of different projects and and uh, he's an awesome guy i hope you enjoyed that interview and uh, the the theme for this week's uh, podcast on fat talk is um it never stops right and the idea is is that you know life will continue to 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 move forward nothing stops you you've got to be fluid you've got to be amenable frank is talking about has uh, talked earlier about um, about Changing with you know the the regulations with his business uh, as things um, move forward as things evolve with the Corona, he's he's talked about how his diet has evolved and and that sort of thing, and 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 so you know I'm doing things similarly right, right. in that uh, you know my my uh, my profession has evolved uh from from you know working directly with people to a distance uh learning in, in uh, example model. And so um you know recently uh both of us took a, a little trip and mm-hmm. and and so I know that that you know at first glance the the, the um you know somebody who might be judgmental or even if your own, even if you're thinking in your own mind should I be doing this type of thing um, comes to mind. But the idea for me, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, in your, in your arena or your uh, life is, um, sure, it's a risk. It's definitely a risk to go take a road trip in the middle of this pandemic, uh, meet up with family, some of whom might be um, compromised immune-wise, um and converging to to enjoy each other to celebrate each other to reconnect um you know to in in my case to fish and to enjoy you know um to have this you know opportunity to break away from whatever it is that you were dealing with back home right and and using that as fuel to get to the next occasion where you can not think about the 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 things you have to carry, the burdens you have to carry, the obstacles you face every day. Right. And that's what that trip served for me and my family. Where, where we're at now is we've come back after engaging with all these people from our family and or truck stops, whatever, right? And the idea is is so, uh, what are you
1: doing at the truck stops?
0: Getting gas, baby, getting gas.
1: <laughs> no over there.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, glory holes, dude. Exactly. And uh, you're working your way back. <laughs> exactly. I just need some gas. I need some gas, Gary. <laughs> anyway, so so the uh, so the idea is 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 that now serves a purpose, right? That is in my mind and in my heart and in my uh, spirit, so that I can make it with whatever it is I'm I'm dealing with until the next, the next tense right that you that you have what 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 was your recent um getaway and 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 uh and did it also serve the same purpose for you
1: dude 100% i i uh uh my father-in-law and my mother-in-law uh ever since this started like that's like the small group of you know my small circle of my family and then my in-laws are like kind of the only people we've been really hanging around with i've seen my dad a, a handful of times my mom a handful of times um, but, uh, we spent a, a good amount of time together cause they're totally isolated, you know? So, uh, for father's day, we got a, a room in, uh, Rockport, hmm. uh, to go fishing, a little condo, a little two bedroom condo, condo for a couple nights. Uh, Mary had gotten me a, a, a new, uh, kayak for father's day. So I wanted to go, it's a motorized one. It's pretty cool. You know? Yeah. So, uh, is it a know,
0: one, one person or two
1: person? It's technically a one person, but me and Malachi got on it. Okay. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll send you some pics. Um, I didn't get my motor in yet when we took it, you know, so we're just paddling. But uh, I got my motor in on uh, Tuesday. Uh-huh. No, Monday. I got my motor on Monday, so I still have to get it registered, all that shit. So, um, t- talk about taxation. I bought something, paid tax on it, and now I got to pay another tax to use it. Fucking retarded. Anyway brother, I know you grew up, your dad was a big time lover of fishing.
0: Yeah,
1: My dad was a big time lover of fishing too. And I learned so many things. My dad would take me fishing all the time when I was young. Yeah. And man, that you want to talk about how to teach a man to be a man. You do that in fishing, in my opinion. Uh, you know, uh, only because it's like, it's learning how to be patient. You know, it's learning how to deal with, you know, getting your, your rods, your lure stuck or your, your gear stuck in that you got to cut your line and, you know, you lose your favorite lure, whatever. Um, it's, you know, it's that old adage of you teach you know, you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, you teach a man a fish, you feed him for a lifetime. Right? And I feel, dude, I love fishing. Like to me, fishing is like soul reviving, you know, whenever I feel like shit, all I can think about is fishing. Like I can't wait till I can fish full time. You know what I mean? Like I just can't wait, man. And so for me, that's like recharge, man. I, I, I got up at, I mean, I don't get up at 4 o'clock for anything except fucking fishing. That's the only thing I get up for at 4 o'clock in the morning when I get my bait. Everybody was still asleep. We, fortunately, the condo we stayed at was a private 150-foot a private or a 50-yard pier. I stood out there for, from 4 a.m. till about 9:30, 10. I caught about 15, 20 feet. man. I had a fucking blast. And then the kids came out later and, you know, we, they, we fished, we fished again at night, uh, at sunset, uh, in Copano Bay, you know, uh, waiting, uh, man, like to me, there's nothing better. And I don't even keep, I, I release every single thing I catch. Uh, I, I, I don't like cleaning fish (laughs) and I don't like killing them for no reason for, so, you know, uh, for me, it's just about the, the, you know, man versus animal and that, like that, I don't know what it is that that uh, archaic, um, like primitive, uh, the primitive. Pr- very primitive. Like you know, you're trying to like. I, I feel like I know that I could survive if I had to. To you know catch I mean? like the fish, the
0: to catch the fish, you must think like the fish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was it was a good little recharge. My my, um, my wife got to like just relax and recharge, you know, and Malachi, you know, did absolutely nothing. So it's just a good little even though we're kind of doing that at home most of the day anyway, you know, like, uh, that, you know, I, I, it's, it's removing yourself
0: from the, from the, from the typical, right. it's removing yourself from the mundane. It's removing yourself from, you know, whatever it is that you, that you've been, uh, gr- the grind.
1: Right. And, and and you need that thing. I know you said it's dangerous and maybe, but to me, what's more dangerous is putting an animal in a cage for too long. And I believe sure. we're, we're we're animals, man. And we need to yeah. be able to express ourselves and, and you know, recharge ourselves, man. And, like, you can recharge yourself a lot of different ways. But to, for me, that's one of the, the ultimate recharges for me. A weekend of fishing nonstop yeah. is, like, the greatest thing for me. It helps me recharge, refocus, you know. So it was awesome, man. I, I, we caught some good, you know. Again, nothing. We didn't keep anything, but we caught some some fun stuff. I had a, I caught a pretty big cat that broke my my rod, which is pretty fun to catch something big enough to break your rod. You know. Yeah. Uh, but man, I had a great time, man. Uh, um, we we're looking for. We we're going to try and go again on the 11th, but I think we have to cancel because the beach is being closed and all that shit. So. Yeah,
0: and you know what? That I guess what I meant by when I said that earlier, I only mean it in the sense that, uh, you know we're out of the ordinary right now. I I know know,
1: know you didn't mean like dangerous,
0: and and so, and so, you know, I, I want to, I want to say that I feel the same way as you do in terms of the time spent fishing. It's, it's certainly something, you know, that I, I grew up doing with my dad and, and my brother. And you know, you mentioning your dad and fishing with your dad. Yeah, totally. That that's a part of my experience. My you know, my it was awesome. And being able to um being able to put my sons on some fish where we were at, because they're still they're still young.
1: Right.
2: You
0: know, they're not they're not gonna spend all day out there.
2: Right.
0: Uh my oldest son, he's seven, he'll spend some time, but he won't spend I was I was out there all day and and it was funny because i didn't realize where we were going when we went i didn't realize the access that we would have and yeah, if that's I,
1: crazy That's awesome back and, I was like,
0: and hey. if i would have known that i probably would have prepared to like fly fish traditional i probably would have practiced i would have bought went out and bought right. but but what this is what i thought i said you know what it's like you're saying you know it's 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 more of the opportunity to do it right um, and so, when I went there, um I took a couple poles, you know a zepco a couple of zepcos one a, a, like a little kid one whatever because uh, i like the i like the the sport also in it I like feeling you know, the the rod going all crazy right. Whatever, right when you see that you know it's it's everything right. and so I bought some flies from Walmart for six bucks because that area is all about flies and and where we were at it was beautiful because. There was, low, uh, laying, there was low laying. There was low area all around us for river, right? But right behind the house, right, um, you walk straight out was a little area that it cooled up, where where it's where people were walking from other areas to fish. But if we were out there, you know, they wouldn't fish it, right. um, Because of the, it was a perfect spot, and so you know, it wasn't as if we were catching the whole time. Because there were hours where I would just be, you know, fishing right. and nothing. But it was so beautiful and so crisp and so un- out of the ordinary that it was like a dream. Yeah, It was just, it was, it was uh, an opportunity to forget about your bills, to forget right. about whatever it is that you carry with you on the daily, right? And enjoy yourself, and and so it was awesome. And then and then to to do it uh to to catch some fish on the flies was was real cool, you know. That was awesome. But then to 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 hand the rod over so that my sons could reel them in, that was awesome. And so in addition to that, I ate my ass off. (laughs) I drank more than I should have. (laughs) But, but when I went, I said, when am I going to have this opportunity? Here's a little, here's a little pocket of time. And, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm thankful that I had that opportunity because I know that whatever it is that we face in the next, you know, two months, three months, six months, 12 months, 18 months, whatever, you know, at least we have that memory at least we have that, you know, there's nothing, you know, there's no saying, no telling where things go, right? right. We have no control over that shit. Nope. And so, and so we had that opportunity to, to, um, we had that opportunity to, um, remove ourselves, to, to recharge. And now you're facing your obstacles and I'm facing my obstacles with a renewed, a renewed energy. Um, with some optimism, right? And, and basically accepting the fact that it, it never stops. Right. And so you need those opportunities to, to, to you know, to, to remove yourself, right? And so, you know, maybe in the past there was, diff- there was different food that was eaten, right? Uh, in terms of, you know, uh, how, you, but instead now it's cauliflower pizza. Instead, now it's, you know, being more mindful about the bread you're eating, despite the fact that you're eating more bread than you normally, you know, whatever. And so this is what I, this is what I said. I said, uh, because before I went on this trip, I had also, I had also um, cut my foot and I couldn't run for a few days. So there was some extra time tacked onto that. And I said you know what? I, I know that my trajectory in terms of my health pursuits will remain the same but having this opportunity that won't always be there. So don't beat yourself up over whatever it is, whatever weight you may gain or whatever, right? And so I've said, I'm not gonna weigh myself for a month. So I'll weigh myself August one. That'll give me uh, four weeks, you know, the month of July to right the ship, to deal with, you know, returning to work, to deal with you know whatever it is that comes up as a result of whatever you know going traveling whatever, um, you know whatever whatever it is that we have to deal with and and I I, I feel like um, I feel like that's within reason
2: yeah you
0: know um, not beating yourself up over the your Coke zeros or your cauliflower pizza or this out of the other I mean I think that I think that all of that plays a role. And yeah. the fact that it never stops, you know, that concept. I remember, um, I remember my, my dad saying something at some point in his life where something had happened. And like, he was like, God dang. He's like, man, you know, just one thing you've settled one thing and the next thing fucking pops up. Right. That's, that's life, right? right. Embracing that, Embracing the fact that there will be constant. It never stops, you know. So take it all in stride, right? Um, and so that's what I believe that we're doing. And I believe that uh that a lot of what Ashanti was talking about ever forward, I think that totally applies to what we've been doing in our personal and professional lives. And and you know, I'm I'm glad to hear that you've been able to navigate and everything personally and, and with your business or whatever, it's good to hear that. Um, you know, I'm sad that we can have to continue to do zoom meetings for our our podcast (laughs) because of convenience and whatever, whatnot. But, but, um, but I am looking forward to, I believe we have better days in front of us and, and that optimism, um, is necessary if we're going to continue to make better choices because I, I'm not ready to throw in the towel. And neither are you, and neither are a lot of other people who want to go through this obstacle because there's opportunity on the other side. And I think if we can weather the storm, continue to do that. And, and when we get lost in the frustrations of our day-to-day grind or whatever, right? We have those memories uh, of, of these trips. And these moments, you know, that allow us to, to um, I take a little detour,
1: right.
0: a pit stop, but, not, but don't, you know, don't unpack at that place. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy for you and I'm, I'm happy to hear that I'm going to answer your question about the treats. I bought treats from you before I went on the trip. Yeah. So I uh, we have a little fridge in our in our backyard whatever um with some frosty beverages, right? I put them in there just because I didn't want them to eat them, right? Okay. We're we're in Carlsbad, New Mexico when I remember. I forgot the damn tree. <laughs> so left them Dude, behind. what an idiot. And 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 the reason I remember then was because was because I uh I said, when we get there, I'm going to give them these treats as a little surprise after we've gotten set up for the long drive, whatever just yeah. that, as a little something, right? But, hey, here's a little something from Chocolazo, you know? Because <laughs> they love the, your, brown, your, your Nutter Butter brownies, and my wife loves the truffles. Man, I was so upset with myself because I –
1: Hey, they don't I, go bad. They're in the fridge. You can eat them later. Yeah,
0: well, when we got back, we
1: ate them. So. <laughs> so they didn't go to waste.
0: They didn't go to waste. Right, my friend. Right. They didn't go to waste. Awesome. Um, is there anything you want to add about, about, about what we're talking about this week?
1: You know, man, uh, support your, if you can support yeah. any businesses, you can, uh, bars are hurting right now. Support, yeah. support your bar friends. If you have any friends, uh, you know, stay diligent, keep fighting and let's, uh, Let's look forward to a, a better future.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it's it's a constant uh, evolution. Things are time waits for no one, as they say. So
1: we. Have oh, my to, truck broke down today. So that's 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 awesome too.
0: Man, that's a great <laughs> case in point. Case in point. Jeez, case in point. Dude. Yeah, I know. I get rid of rats, and then I've got fleas. I got you know. I it. it come on, dude. <laughs> It's just, you know, stuff, bro. I cut There's my stuff. cut my finger today. You know, whatever. It's just whatever it is, whatever it happens to be.
1: Uh, you know. You it, know it, what? It's like it's like uh, pain knows I'm uh, pain. Lets me know I'm alive.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, or that you're not dreaming.
1: Or that you're not dreaming. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, man, um, I, I think today was a, a pretty big reveal. You revealed something pretty revealing today. Did I? You did. What did why, I say? About your wife.
1: Oh. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't been a secret, but we really haven't been telling people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, sure. It is what it is.
0: It uh, is what it is, baby.
1: Yeah. I'm going to be a daddy again at 40.
0: All right,
1: baby. <laughs> <laughs> What the <laughs> fuck was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, man. Um, I'll, I'll take you away. Sure, so
1: you know what, man? I, I, it's, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited, man. Like, you want to talk about, putting another little pep in your step
0: Hell yeah!
1: is having another mouth to feed. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, one day at a time, that's all we can do. Take it one day at a time.
0: It's going to be, it's going to make you better. It's going to make, dude, I'm fucking hungry. hungry.
1: We're, we're, we're right in March. We signed the lease to open a new play, a new location with a new concept. Uh, it's under construction. We're probably gonna be done in the next, you know, couple weeks with the build out, we're probably not going to open yet. We're just going to kind of wait till we can have like a real proper opening, which might be another month or more, you know, but yeah, uh, dude, we got a really awesome concept. This is going to be our biggest project yet. As far as we put the most money into it, it's going to be, it's going to look great. It's going to be great product. Uh, we're like going to be franchise ready. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be awesome and I'm fucking motivated, baby. I'm fucking excited. That's awesome. That's great
0: to hear, dude. That's awesome. Uh, Maybe uh, you know, maybe if you want to get, if you need any taste testers,
1: you're gonna have a friends and family tasting party very as soon as possible. All right, as soon as it's safe to get together. Yeah, we're gonna have a special invite only. Nice. Guess what? You're on the list, buddy.
2: All right. (laughs) I was gonna say,
1: please,
0: please at least describe what it was like for everyone, for me. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, joking. I'm joking. We will let you know how it went. <laughs> I'm going to
1: make some organic. I'm going to make some non dairy stuff. It's going to be a little bit of something okay. for
0: everybody. Just, that's just a little teaser. It's just a little teaser. A
1: teaser. A teaser. It's going to be sweet shit. You know what? I'll, I'll put my foot down right now and say we are the, the, the king and queen of sweets in San Antonio. I will fucking say that with confidence. Nice. But this is going to be the next level for us.
0: That's awesome, dude. And I must also say, your facial hair is, is on so I've I, never seen you with, I, with uh, that type of look.
1: It's been a while. I haven't grown it out probably in a good six, seven, eight years. But, uh-huh. um, you know, it, it's – yeah, it's still – I don't like it a lot. It, it, no, it's, it's good. Great. Thank you. Thank
0: it's you. good. I like it. It's, uh, it's about
1: halfway. I, haven't, I haven't, Almost haven't, there.
0: Quite, haven't quite placed it yet, uh, what, what it reminds me of, whatever. But – and I will also I, I I believe you're right. You guys are the, the king and queen of uh, sweets in San Antonio. That's cool.
1: Good trying baby. And and, trying.
0: and I'll tell you what, man. Um we're we're gonna move forward regardless because time waits for no one, baby. So I, I'm I'm happy for your endeavors and I and I and I think it's 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 awesome and I will support you as much as I can in whatever way you can, buddy. And yeah. um, and so on that note, you hear the music. That's it for our show this week. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. Special podcast this week. want to thank Ashanti Branch for uh, spending some time talking about his movement. And I want to thank uh, my co-host Frank Hoyazo, for making time to come on and, and, and chew the fat here on Fat Talk. Mm, this uh, oh it's delicious. I always chew the fat. Uh so that's our show for this week. We'll see y'all next week or whenever it is we get together again. So you hear the music? Uh-huh.